Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up, where we talk about people's backstory and how they got to where they're at in their career. Today, I have an awesome guest with us, Director of Sales of KUKA, Darcy. Yep, Darcy Charbonneau. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce your last yeah, name. Yeah, it's all right, man. It's French-Canadian. So that's, that's where the roots come from. I can barely do English words, so. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for being on today. Yeah, no worries, man. Appreciate cool. it. Yeah, I really appreciate it as well. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. So, take us back to kind of the beginning of what, what got you involved in this industry. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we, you and I just were just talking about this. It's like, it all started off, uh, my brother. My brother was in automation. We all, we grew up in Northern Ontario, Canada. I mean, there was actually a great program in a little town called North Bay. And uh, we had some great instructors that came from the, like, the Southern Ontario, from a lot of the automotive industry. And they all came back to become instructors at the school. And, and we all went into this, a lot of us went into this robotics program. So you, you'll actually see a lot of these guys that came out of my generation, from my brother's age, six years older than I was, to gotcha. my generation, that are all in the industry. And are all, they all con, kind of went through all the way through Canada and all the way into the U.S. So the guys that are at AB, KUKA, Fanuc, all the major robot brands, as well as some of the bigger robot manufacturers and engineers that are at major integrators. So really? there's a lot of influence of the guys that come from Canada that end up in the U.S. So Really? Yep. So what? I guess what was the kind of the start of that? Was that was that a high school or was that college? Or? Yeah, so for me, it was, uh, it was it was a college level thing. So okay. it was a brand new program, program from when my brother went through it six years prior to me. Uh, so it was something where I was actually gonna go to art school. Really? Yeah. So it was either okay. art school, and then I started watching my brother, and he got out of school, and then he started making a lot of money and doing robotics and programming. I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'll go that direction instead. And that's how it went for me. So I ended up going to the exact same program. Um, I ended up going to, like, moving down to Windsor, Ontario. And eventually, that, it led me starting doing projects and contract work into, into the U.S. And I realized after six months that I didn't want to be a contractor anymore. Exactly. That, that gig gets kind of old pretty fast. It does, fast. yeah. And I had a good friend of mine that was working at KUKA. He's like, hey, we need some service engineers over here. And say la vie, 23 years later, 23 years. from an engineer crazy. to being the director of sales, and the journey's been fantastic. I love it. It's, That's awesome. It's been great. That's awesome. Whenever you went into that program, what, like, did that program have a particular name? Or what, what type yeah. of degree was it? So in the degree we went through, so you could, went, you could go a couple of different paths. So it was like electromechanical robotics engineering. Sure. But the, the first year, you could have, the guys could have branched off becoming more control engineering aspect. Gotcha. But even to the fact where they can even go all the way over to uh, mechanical engineering on the aviation side. Gotcha. So you, you're learning a lot more hands-on on the uh, mechatronics, the physics, the math. And then what was really cool about the program, they actually applied it to the things like robotics, right? Gotcha. You weren't just learning the background of how a robot works. Yeah. You actually apply the actual, uh, like the physics and math to it, right? So it was kind of great. And then they started applying more in the second year, that like the hands-on feeling. Yeah. We were able to touch some of the oldest robots, the Unimates, yeah. some old ABBs, uh, some old, there was an older KUKA there. There was, um, 
there's a hydraulic robot. Yeah, because this is this is what like 25 years ago. Yeah, but 20, 20, yeah, 23, 24, 25 years ago. Yeah, so it's. I don't like to admit how old I am. <laughs> but I mean, when you're in the industry this long, there's there's things that make you who you are as a person. Yeah. And that education was part of that. So yeah, and oh, it's absolutely. a lot of the people you surround yourself with, right? So. Yeah, I think it's pretty crazy too that like that long ago that they they had such a good robotics program because yeah. like I feel like on the U.S. like there really wasn't that you didn't there was not many it was app, uh, yeah degrees even when even coming right out of school and getting it have a chance to touch a lot of project a lot of stuff was automotive right right and so either you were part of an automotive program or you're supporting an automotive program it wasn't until like maybe like nine years later into the career at Kuka when we started going at least into the direction of general industry where you got to feel like, hey, well, we're touching other industries outside of automotive, yeah. right? So it was pretty, even in the U.S., like, there's not a ton of automation outside of automotive. Yeah. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it goes back into just, like, the, the production rates are higher, the money's there, yeah. like, a lot more ca capital floating around in that industry. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, the only, that's the biggest draw, right? You know, if I talk to kids nowadays, I'm like, get into engineering, get into automation, be a programmer. Learn how to write code. Yeah. You're going to have a job for life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, even the way my career steered myself, going from a programmer and an engineer yeah. made me a better sales guy. Oh, absolutely. It's made me a better sales director because I feel that if I can walk into a room and talk to you intelligently about robotics and on the engineering aspect of what we do, yeah. I'm not doing my my job yeah. justice. I'm not doing my company justice, but it helped me build me up, right? Yeah, I don't absolutely. think I, I don't think I could do if I didn't have that background. Right. Yeah. I mean, all, honestly, like there's a lot of like sales engineers that were only sales engineers, and they didn't get the actual engineering part of that process. Yeah. Which there's a huge value add to that, right? When you really understand like the customers, like pain points, like the struggles they deal with. Like if you're a mechanical engineer, when it comes to designing something, like you get a first-hand experience of, of those those struggles that you go through. Yeah, and then that's only like, you know, another piece of advice I can give to anybody coming up into this industry. You know, build up your hard skills, right? That te yeah. That technical skills, but also focus on soft skills, right? Yeah. And it, uh, it helps you as a business owner. It helps you with your customers. So it doesn't matter if you're behind a teach bin for yeah. eight hours a day. Eventually, you're going to be a front face to somebody, right? So yeah. Make sure you work on both both sides of your skill set, hard and soft. Yeah, I'll be honest, like that was one thing that I definitely missed out on uh, throughout my career. I was very much engineer. I was good at managing my team that I had, but outside of that, like I didn't have a lot of customer interaction. I didn't have a lot of uh, maybe vendors, but even even with vendors, it wasn't a ton, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times there were senior guys above me that were choosing what parts we were using, especially earlier on in the career, right? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something I wish I would have put a lot more energy into whenever I was just doing my engineering and project management type of, yeah, type of job task. You get really focused, and then there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, you have to be focused to like, kind of tune your craft. Yeah. And you, you, you want to be the best at what you want to be at, right? Yeah. But eventually you realize, oh, okay, there's other parts of this for us to, to build off into as a career. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you got started out, were you, you say you were doing controls? So we we learned controls, we learned robotics, okay. we learned mechatronics. You kind of you deep dive and you, you got that, Gotcha. Learn everything. What direction you want to yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you could have like branched up. I could have done something else. I could have stayed an extra year in school. Gotcha. I mean, and, and got another degree, another portion to my degree in Canada. But 
honestly, I wanted just to get out and I want right. to start working, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so there's nothing wrong with that. They can say they, the experience a lot of people do if they go into trades. Yeah. Uh, even to go one, a one two year school in automation, learning learning how to the program goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you went, whenever you uh, got into your first position, right? Yeah. What type of position was that? Programming robots, man. Programming so robots. I will tell you this: I programmed every single robot you know except for a Kuka before I came to Kuka. Really. I, I did a, <laughs> I did a project for General Motors. I did projects for Kawasaki. I did projects for like every like say every single brand. So my when my buddy said, "Hey, you want to come?" I'm like, oh, yeah. I haven't really programmed a Kuka. He's like, ah, don't, it's fine. And what you learn more about this industry, the brands are not much different from each other from a program structure. That's why learning code yeah. is so important in the industry, right? So yeah. if you learn that kind of the inline form and how logic yeah. works you can really pick up anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I come from the controls engineering background as well. Like, I personally haven't done a ton of KUKA programming myself, but, you know, it, I, same thing. You, you throw a teach pen in my hand for a couple of days, like, that's, I'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's why we're excited about that. Right? So <laughs> we, want, we want to be able to, people like, maybe they're familiar with another product yeah. for a long time, and they just say, hey, it just, it just takes the intuitiveness to kind of make that take a step and get something in hand. It's easy to pick up. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever you transitioned and and came to Kuka, what were, what was the first thing that you got into? Was it control still? Yeah. So for me, I, I we dove right into like like real true projects, right? So we were doing startup support, engineering, service stuff as well, troubleshooting. Uh, I learned a lot about troubleshooting when I first came into business. So we did a lot of a lot of like just customer breakdown support startup support for new plants so it's a definitely that was my first six years of my career a lot on a lot on the road but you realize you learn a lot after six years I was ready to go through that's when I went that's when I went more into sales gotcha so you whenever you use like done done being on the road you've had enough of it and then you transitioned into to sales position at that point yeah so I actually ran it I ran our customer service aftermarket when it came to service contracts, I, it wasn't even the, the position didn't even exist at Kuka. They started right. turning a little bit over in Europe. I'm like, guys, I want to, I want to, I know what our customers are dealing with. Let's figure out ways to give them what they need on the front and like spare, figure out recommended spare parts or, or maintenance contracts or start, gotcha. start service support long-term people in their facilities. So I, we helped build that up. I was a, I was an island by myself for many years. I really? A group. I worked coordinated with all the other, all the managers within Kuka in different departments. I grew that for a little bit. I had some more people work with me in that group. But during COVID, um, and our president at the time said, hey, do you, do you want to come over to, do, to run the sales team? So they asked me to take over the East the east Coast. And after six months, they're like, do you want to just take over the whole thing? I'm like, all right. <laughs> and honestly, that was a different dynamic, Malachi. I mean, like for us, it was a team, right? Right. I felt, I felt running, working with a team and running a team yeah. felt way more purposeful yeah. Just being by myself and trying to figure out everything myself, it kind of made me relinquish control of letting other people do what they need to do because they're just really good at it, but also as a help to develop and mentor people, right? So yeah. that, was a, that was a really cool aspect of what I do now. Yeah, absolutely. Diving back into whenever you first took that, took that initial position and then you got to the point where you was kind of created the island for yourself, right? What was the, uh, I guess, what was the shift? What, what, transition to you start doing that was it an organic thing that you started building out or yeah it was it was really organic right it was like I already had I started developing the people skills right you start when you start in you're in front of customers all yeah. day long 
you understand what their needs are. And that's what's so important about this business is just listening. I mean, if you could teach anybody to do things when, as they get into this business, it just listen. You, you can go in there and you can pitch something, you can pitch your product, you can pitch your technology, until you learn how to sit in front of a, a, a group of people or a person one-on-one -on -one and listen what their needs are, yeah. and you start evaluating, you start positioning yourself differently on how you approach the market. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're YouTube famous, I gotta shake your hand. Thank you, brother, appreciate it. Let me leave you a brochure. Okay, cool, thank you. <laughs> Local celebrity. <laughs> what? Where do we end that? Sorry. Yeah. So like that. I guess one of the issues that I had, and, and and I think people that that went through what I went through, they definitely have to put more effort into it. Because one thing that you were lucky to do is like you were on on uh, job sites and doing service work, and so that was putting you front facing with a customer. And like one of the things that I experienced while I was still in college, I, I went to work for Systems Integrator, and Capital Projects is what I did. Yeah. So I was always in a shop floor setting. I was always working on a capital project yeah. that maybe we would see a customer every three months, six months, something like that. Yeah. And it was a smaller shop too. So yeah. there wasn't people coming in and out all the time. Uh, so it's like somebody in that position, like they have to kind of push hard. Like how do you get out there a little bit more and how do you like talk with more people to build yeah. those skills? And honestly, these are the environments that do this, right? I mean, you have this, you have like these A3 events, you have different types of shows. And it's, I say different types of shows because that's super important, right? If you're getting into this industry, I don't try to, you can focus on one industry, like welding, like we're at today, but try to like expand your horizons. Yeah. I mean, like, and you'll find the different people that are different to work with, right. different needs, and then you'll find yeah. the commonality of what helps solve those problems all together. Yeah. But everybody has a different stick, right? Right. I, I, that's what I love about this industry in general. Like, yeah. like I said, one day I can be automotive, right? I can have a tier one customer. The second day, I'm dealing with medical. Next day, we're dealing with entertainment. Yeah. Next day, we're doing food and packaging. Yeah. Next day, I'm build. I'm looking at guys building rockets. Yeah. It's all over the place, right? So yeah. that's that's what's really exciting about this industry in general. Yeah. This is why I'm in robotics, and why I stayed in robotics. If I had to do the same job over and over and over again, day in day out. Yeah. I probably would not be here. I'd be somewhere else, right? So it's what draws people into this industry. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely like they get stuck here too. It's like. I personally love this industry. I couldn't see myself going anywhere, especially in the robotics automation side of things. Manufacturing, I think it's still great, especially if they have a lot of cool things like robotics, then you know it's a great career path. Um, but I'm extra bullish on on automation just because like things are exciting, they're new. There's yeah. always some some new technology, there's always some new application, there's always something new in your hands and that you get to work yeah. with daily. And you can't do it, and the big thing is you can't do it by yourself. It doesn't matter what, like, you have to rely on people that are coming up with new things. And you yeah. gotta be open to it. Yeah. I mean, like, us as a robotic company here at KUKA is that you can't, we can come out with robots, positioners, technology, software, yeah. but there's always someone creating a new product or a new piece yeah. of software that helping solve an extra problem that we can't solve. Right. So you have to embrace not only the integration partners that are helping doing the turnkey yeah. solutions, but you have to embrace those technology companies that are oh, pushing the limits of, like complimenting like companies like yeah. us, right? So yeah, absolutely. Like like maybe like something like Path, right? Path Robotics. Yeah. They're doing, you know, they're they're autonomous welding, yeah. right? There's the new technologies coming out in the market that, who knows? Maybe at some point in time we don't have to program a weld path. Exactly. It's already right. in the in the mechanical engineering. Yeah. Everything when it comes to vision, 
recognition of the part, CAD to path. There's a lot of things that are pushing the boundaries of robotics, and it will push the boundaries every level. It doesn't every, matter yeah. if it's packaged, palletizing, or if it's welding. Yeah, it's absolutely. all coming, and it's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. One other thing that I love that you said is uh, the listening part, right? Like, and you said these trade shows, like us being at these trade shows, like it's cool, like awesome, like meeting one another, communicating, talking, right? There's that level of, of these shows, which is definitely one of our favorite parts. But the other thing is, is like us as a company, me, Jenna, like being at these shows, like we're listening, we're, we're walking around, we're seeing, you know, what's here? What is Fabtech? You know what I mean? What is Pac Expo? Because there's an inclination in your mind before you go, like of what Fabtech kind of is, yeah. but you don't, you, like I like to say taste it. You don't taste it until you, you go there and experience it. And uh, into the future, like we're gonna be putting booths at, at these places. And you know, we wanna know the right places. And, and also like just being educated on, you know, what is the right, what is the right place for us? Yeah. But then also like, what is the place that's not the right place but it's like so weird that it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and that's you, you like you're like that's the boundary pushing, right? That's a, like yeah. you look at these applications and some guys will come together with a solid project, and the other ones you're like, okay, so how do we get there, right? And you, right. And it's okay to like you listen. I love listening to startups. Oh yeah, because they will push And then we dealt with some startups that are multi-million-dollar companies right now, right? Yeah. Because if you don't take the risk on smaller companies, yeah. you'll never understand that reward at the end. And what they're, oh, yeah. you, and you, it gives you like that sense of contribution. Like, I helped those guys a little bit. Not yeah. everything, because they're probably really smart people because the way they got there. But yeah. it, you get to have that sense of involvement. And you only do that by like looking at someone's name tag and they're like, oh, what do you guys do? Or listen to their backstory, right? And yeah. you wouldn't get that if you don't come to a show like this. Or Absolutely. Kind of show, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever, so going back into your, your transitioning of, of sales, you, you, when you went from your uh, controls position and, and transitioned, how was the opportunity presented or how did you go about getting the opportunity? Well, for me, it was like you say, it was burnout, right? Yeah. Burnout happens, it's a real thing. Uh, you're on the road all the time, like say we're, we're servicing, engineering, uh, we're, we're like just supporting customers, you're, yeah. like, you're on a plane, Day in, day out, um, I started having a family, just like you're, yourself, you have a big family, and family's amazing. Yep. And you, you come, that for me was a realization that I need to get my ass off the road. Yep. Hey, you can bleep that one out. But, uh, it just, it just a, was that I needed to have some dynamic change in my priorities in life. And I think the, uh, the position of sales allowed me not only to do something else I'm good at is talking with people and having that extroverted personality and of, of like having, listening to people's problems, solving them, um, but it allowed me then to figure out developing a new role with yeah. what I knew yeah. on the technical level and then apply it to sales. Yeah. Which is a new skill that I had to, I still had to learn, right? Right. I mean, I still, I could still have a conversation easily with a person, I could listen, but still selling, closing, it's a different dynamics than fixing troubleshooting. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, Especially if you have to be kind of pushing the ball forward a little bit. Exactly, right? You have to be, like, so you have to be outward facing to that customer, right? So, yep. But uh, it lent itself well. Like I said, from that, it builds up. Yeah. It built up. Like, remember, that I was in that role for that outward uh, sales role yeah. in the customer service side of our business for yeah. like almost. 10 years. So was that something that you had to apply for or like how did that? No, it was, like I said, it was, a, 
they just started that that growth of that type of outward sure. service in Germany. Sure. And at the time, I was thinking, I'm like, we guys, why don't we do start doing more of that in the U.S.? Okay. And okay. then I started coordinating with the colleagues in Europe and how they were structured. And, okay. and then I said, you know what, I'm going to start modeling. And then they started. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications, and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture. If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Rolling out more of a global strategy, and I was part of that global strategy. Gotcha. Okay. So you, I mean, essentially, were like one of the pioneers here on the U.S. I would say pioneer, but <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm glad I'm glad I was part of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. You, you always try to be a you know, a, a person in yeah. a part of the team, and I felt like I was a good contributor, and I, I was able to build something. I was part of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So whenever it came to, you, you, you've been doing that and you kind of grew that as, as, you know, let's just say a division inside of KUKA, right? And then now you're you're operating that as a division in a sense, like yeah, it's like, like it's a whole aftermarket service group now, right? Gotcha. So yeah. we we have uh, we have a whole new team members uh, that are either they're either that were part of the company back then, yep. that are running it. The people that were kind of hired after when I left that role and became director of sales. Yep. And now we have colleagues from Europe and Germany that are here helping, and we're, the division itself is also growing, right? Now yeah. we're doing IQOT stuff and doing uh, Internet of Things where we're oh, yeah, doing yeah. development of software to help I mean, in, influence uh, plants' decisions on analytical data. So that's another, another selling thing that we, we put in customer service. You have, yes. But we're still doing the support contracts. We're still doing maintenance yeah. contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also like some companies, like how often do they buy a robot, right? And in the smaller companies, like that's one, one reason why we've shifted a little bit from material handling to welding is we've just seen more repetitive success with repeat buys, right? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, material handling, there's a ton of buying going on there, right? I don't want to say there's not. Um, but we struggled finding the right size customer that fit us that also was doing repeat buys, you know? And repeat buys, right, is like you can sell a customer the first robot. Yeah. But if you don't treat them right and you don't show them the support and you don't understand what, what their needs are, they'll never buy from you again. Yeah, absolutely. So that after my, that's where my mentality from where my history is within KUKA. Yeah. I try to bring that forward into every conversation I have. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not there to, hey, I'm going to try to sell you a robot today. I'm trying to understand how can I partner with you today yep. and keep you a customer for the next 10 years. Yeah. Right? And it's not it's not just trying to be so minded on what the what the focus single, of that single sale is. Yeah. You have to understand what are the what are the things you have to provide that individual or that company to yep. prove to them and make you feel confidence and trust that you will take care of them long term. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one thing like I'll, I you know, I, I love to tell customers like we're looking to do business for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, this is not a five-year game, a 10-year game. Like, 
it's something that I want to be a legacy that could get passed on to somebody else. Like, yeah, it's, it's an important thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a it's a true such a true statement, right? You want to leave your imprint, your mark on the industry, right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like for us, like one thing that that crosses my mind, where you know we're nowhere near it, right? But like the thing that crosses my mind is like, how do you pass off and and still have like some of the same mentalities and some of the like one of the big things is like giving back type of situations, right? Like like this podcast in reality, like it's not very beneficial to us as a company in a sense. Like we're not really promoting a product. We're not really talking about too much of our system integration or anything like that. So like value add to us back as a company, not that much, right? Maybe on the employment side of things, somebody finds us on YouTube and they want to come work for us. Um, you know, there's some of that, but like really like whenever we started this, I told the team, I was like, this is not going to make the company any money. If it does, cool, whatever, but it, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to look at it through that lens whatsoever. And there's so many things like that I want to do as a company that we just don't have the capability of doing right now because just being a smaller, younger company. Yeah. Um, but I want to keep that same thing pushing forward into the future of like, how can we do other things that keep adding value? You know, you got Fronius over here that's doing the, the welding. They're letting people sit down and weld. Like, yeah. that's so cool to like get people involved like that, you know? It's, that is like, we're trying, we're trying to, as an organization, try to do more in education, I mean, that part of it. But you got to look at, um, it's just like I said, you gotta you gotta put it what you put out there is what you're gonna get back, right? Yeah. So the more you can help younger generation to even influence I have two strong I have two smart daughters. If I can convince them to be engineers, it's gonna be a tough sell still. I mean, you're just trying to say, hey, this is this is a fruitful industry. Yeah. I mean it's it's it gets it can be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That's one of our first things. And to add to that, another one is, is the ROI side of it. Yeah. Because the, high, the higher the ROI, the more risk mitigation there is, yeah. right? So like, let's just say it's a single robot system, they both have the same simplicity, but if you had two two people doing the job versus one, yeah. you know, your payback's uh, much more likely to be there and be there much quicker, and even if you don't hit your mark, you're still gonna be doing, you know, 30% better yeah. than you would have on a, on a single employee system. Yeah, and it, like you said, it's, um, that return on investment is, is in dynamic, calculation now right yeah because oh, i know you're you're looking at the things that you're trying to help help people improve and yeah. you're, you're helping actually improve people by hey i need you to operate a robot now instead of doing yeah. this like, task that someone shouldn't even be doing in the first place right but you're also dealing with just keeping people right? yeah so people like come in like i don't want to do this and then they just leave and then like oh the company now has to find another person to try to do it and another person yeah another person 
So that's the dynamic ROI that people are not only just saying, hey, I want to look at improving our process yeah. by putting some automation, they're like, now I can't even keep people because yeah. the, the application doesn't, doesn't fit a human. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, also another one that we see like safety. I spend a lot of, lot of my time in automotive glass. And the big reason why there's so much automation going on in automotive glass yeah. is the safety part of it. You, you shatter automotive glass on the ground and you're picking that up and handling that, like laceration is and so easy. And it's loud, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been to some glass plants. It's, it's pretty damn loud. But yeah. So you, you ended up taking over the, or, or taking on the position to do, what, what sales was it? It's director of sales. Like, director of sales. And that was during COVID. Okay. Yeah, it was during COVID. It was like, uh, it was like totally unexpected. We were, I was just transitioning working from home. Okay. And it was like literally three months in and they're like, you know what, we're going to make a change, guys. And he said, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm like, I never, like, you never know, like, do you want to take that next level in yeah. your career and next step up? Am I good here? Or yeah, and, do I want to uh, go? Yeah. And for me, it was all kind of stars aligned. It was like the, the people, the new people that were coming into the organization, I felt I was going to be a good fit. And yeah. sometimes that's that's a key there too, right? Yeah. So maybe you didn't want to move up because there was somebody volatile that you, that the dynamics in the group might not have been that been right for me two years prior. Yeah. But that timing, it just fit. I mean, I felt the people that were going to mentor me from above yeah. and the people that, that would I, that would, could report to me would all align. Yeah. Right? And that was a big decision for me. Like, I mean, so when I took it, I interviewed for it. I, I think there was a external candidates. I still wasn't sure. I'm like, I'm not going to get the position. There's no way. Right. And he, the president said, you got the job. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, oh. I'm like, and like I said, it was a completely different dynamic. Yeah. The team was the coolest thing about it. Yeah. My team is phenomenal. I love my, my guys are great. Uh, they're all over the country. So it, it, like you deal with, you deal with employees on your team all over the world. Right. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it's cool when you, you have to communicate like through, you got to remember, that's where we grew up. I grew up as a yeah. director in the company through Teams. Yeah. Through Zoom. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you got to experience that remote. I had to, like, I had to wait six months things. sometimes before I met a guy. I'm like, yeah. oh, dude, it's nicely meet, meet you in person. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So. Yeah, definitely know what you mean. Yeah, I think that definitely having like the right people to work with makes yeah. a big difference it because is. like it can make your management life a nightmare. Yeah. on either ends, you know, and, and it could be the, the upper management side of things, pushing you to do things that are maybe, I'll just say unethical for like lack of, you know, better word, but just doing, operating things that maybe in a way that like rubs people wrong or something yeah, like that. You, as long as, you, I think for me, it's, it's all about behaviors for, with the team you build up. You have, if you as an individual have the right behavior, you're ethical, you, uh, you, you approach a job with the right mentality. Yeah. I mean, you try to teach those things out, um, there's going to be incidents when people, like said, you can't teach that. They, they just, they're not a good fit for the role, whatever yeah. the case may be. Maybe culture, but if you have the yeah. right behavior when you come in, you could come in with zero education, like a zero degree. Yeah. If you have a mentality and you have a drive, that hunger, you could do anything. I, I truly believe you. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a proponent of looking at a, hey, you all, oh, you got a degree from here. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, listen to people on the personality, especially when I interview people for new roles. Yeah that integrity of that person and how they present themselves, their background, I can see like where they work, how long they work for, for yep. companies, and just how they present themselves. Yep. I do a video, I do a video every time I do an interview with a person, and it's for that reason. I want to see their, their body language, so yeah. I want to see how they respond. I'll throw a curveball in there, and like, you know what I mean? But 
that's the only way, you can only get so much from that first couple of interviews, yep. but eventually you'll find out, do they have the right behavior? Are yeah. they gonna approach it? And like, we've done the last couple of hires and it's, it's the way I hired's changed and I'm glad I've done it because now I can see, okay, those are the things I was looking for at the beginning. And if I wasn't looking for those things at the beginning, I wouldn't realize that person was could have been the right fit for us, right? Right, yeah. right absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing that for me personally, I've grown, grown a lot in when it came comes to like operating a business. Yeah. So we hired our COO about a year ago, and year and a half ago now, um, and extremely good at, at interviewing. Yeah. I mean, like, He's a shark at it, I, and I've learned so so much from him and the way his interview style. Like, you know, me, I'm just like, especially when I first started, I would like, I would interview some somebody, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I program Fanuc robots," and I'm like, "Yeah, hire him," <laughs> you know, what <I> mean? <laughs> or whatever, right? Oh, we, you know, oh, he can program a Kuka robot. Cool, we have a project coming up, you know, something like that. And it's like, and there's like no digging that's involved in that there's no like you know questioning and and i'm still learning the process to be honest yeah, and i am too like so i have a great mentor my boss nate brazil he's out of south carolina and he's up here all the time he's actually showed at the show this week um he's been a great mentor for me and like i said when we do interviews it's like uh almost almost like i'll be very much optimistic and then he'll come on and give the this is how it is. Pessimistic, everything, everything, everything you could possibly run into, and it, yeah. then, but it brings out people's reactions of like, yeah. and what, how they would actually react yeah. to. Do they really want the job? Yep. You know what I mean, do they do they feel they would be a good fit? Right. So, yeah, we we was actually we was interviewing somebody, and we knew that they was a good fit because uh, we was in the negotiation process for salary, and. Uh, one of our points was, is, hey, you're gonna be working from home, like da 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 da, right? And this person, we're hiring them for an accounting position. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, but you're gonna be saving overhead, da 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 da, like talking about all the expenses we'd be saving. But they were so quick on it that I, like, I almost missed it for a second. I was like, like, dang, man, like, yeah. you know, And this is your accounting person, so you like, you want them to be good at the numbers, good at you know what they're what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, it's it's funny, like you just. Little things, pull little out, things, like, yeah, little things. You you see that reaction. For me, the big the, the big thing I use is I ask them how they plan two weeks in advance. What do you do? What what? How do you how do you plan as a person? What how do you how do you organize your weeks? That tells a lot. Okay. Act, you you feel that when a person wakes up in the morning and they plan for Monday through Friday for the next two weeks, people are like, well, I, I'll figure it out as you go. Or yeah. yeah. I mean, those are the people that are extremely successful. They okay. plan out their days, they reach out to customers, they, they understand this is where I have to either put some more self-attention to myself to learn or train myself yeah. on, on a thing, putting the time aside. Yep. Those are the people that have the right behavior, man. It's, it's, yep. it's true, it's like, so more of the aspect of the person's, what their tendencies are, yep. and you ask those types of questions, yep. you'll gain a lot because you, you don't realize that a person that doesn't have a plan all the time or not is not prepared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They sometimes have they have those same behaviors two years down the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I th like the thing that I like you said is like tendencies. Like, you know, any type any type of way that you can pull out what somebody's tendencies are, yeah. that's a great way. Because like, you know, maybe you're interviewing me and I'm like I don't schedule anything, yeah. right? And and then you're like, what? Do you don't schedule anything? What do you mean? Yeah. And then like maybe we get to talking and I'm like, 
yeah, you know, I, I do this. I start off my day like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> uh, so I start off my day like this and I jump on the treadmill. I get out my laptop. I, you know, and then you're like, okay. So like this guy doesn't like put it on a calendar and da, 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 but he knows like, this is what my day kind of looks yeah. like. This is what, and, and you see that through the tendencies where like. Even follow up. You know, like, yeah. like people that do proper follow up. And they're yeah. like, hey, or if I can, if you were my sales guy and I called you, I'm like, hey, Malachi, what's going on this week? Anything I can help you with? And you can ram off these, like, I did this, this, and this, and I might need help with this. When people are, like, kind of, like, like uh, they have to think about what's what's going on in their week or what's going on in their, in their what's important to them and their customers are, I feel like you're not prepared. You know what I mean? So just people like people take good notes are really great people yeah you know and i mean a lot of times you know, like i'm not in an interview i'm not gonna bring my notepad but right i bring my notepad everywhere you, i'm an old school guy right yeah, yeah. down i'm sure eventually i will get to like digital little, little pad and do it <laughs> but everything i like i'll have notepads and i'll just write yeah. i'll be in meetings right down and down because it it keeps me understanding up to track and say hey i had the conversation you have like yeah. 20 conversations in a day you know what i mean you gotta have a, track you, you have you to have some level of detail so you can go back to and really like I have a good memory. I'll say it's still there. Yeah. It's good. But eventually eventually like you know, you have to have some kind of level of hey, yeah. what why did I have that thought? Yeah. I, I can only remember so much you or can I can remember so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something like I, I personally wish I was better at. Like I lean so hard on the execution side of things. And I think it's part of just the way I, like, I want to operate within the company, but it's like, I almost want to be queued up like I'm uh, like, like living the rock star lifestyle, right? Yeah. Where like, hey, you're on in five minutes, you know? Yeah. Okay, who am I on with? Okay, yeah. okay, here's all the notes of the you person. Just crush it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, it's very weird because there's a part of it, like, like you're saying, like having that plan. And, and it's like, I think about it and I'm like, man, like, I wish I, I, wish I had like a better plan, you know? and the way that my day is mapped out. But on the other hand, I feel like I'm 100% a different breed of an individual. I'm also like CEO of the company, so the way I need to operate may be different than like somebody else needs to operate. You're gonna constantly change, right? You're yeah. also gonna constantly change as a person. I mean, you're gonna learn from like, hey, last year or last six months, I, I was doing this all, and it just wasn't productive as I needed to be. Yeah. And then you just change that little bit of a dynamic, yeah. right? And then it really, it, it changes your, on your outlook, but it changes in how how much you improve your 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 own personal time management. Yep. So yeah, it's it's uh, I try to always learn for myself, man. I, 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 <laughs> I, I am not perfect by any means, and I make a lot of mistakes. And yeah. It doesn't matter like what you do in life, you can make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it doesn't matter how much you learn from them. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like build building out a process for like the things that you do is very important. Like uh, for myself the event things are, are are new for myself i i honestly i haven't i think i attended one event prior to this year yeah. ever you know and so like the whole event life is completely new to me and and like with the way we operate and trying to execute and do as many things as we can while we're here yeah. um there's a process of, of learning on like what what we can do how we can do it faster yeah. and like and getting like a pro that process and procedure, like one thing that we just shifted on doing like the past like two trade shows, we switched to Airbnbs, yeah. right? And and we did that because we were dropping $500 a night and we're like, gosh, yeah, like, hotels are super expensive. 
Yeah. Super expensive, especially in, each, in a trade show season like this. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's jamming. It's not only finding a reservation for a hotel or a restaurant, whatever it is, it just gets enormously expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So we, we even talk about as an organization, how, how do we help save some money? Because yeah. we also figure, do we, need to, do we need to have this many people at a show? Can we, I mean, it, we try to do people like we tier things, people, people bring people out, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to get you want to give people as much exposure to a show like this, but you also want to say, hey, everybody's on a budget. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goes or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. At some point in time, you want to stay within your budget, but yeah. I think if you can get everybody down with an Airbnb, they will probably afford like a nice like three. It's just like a big, big, big house, right? <laughs> I have a big house yeah. party every night. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could easily probably afford like a three, $3 million mansion at the same cost as you're spending for all these hotels. Oh, I guarantee it. Like, probably be more fun too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, we got like this, uh, we got an Airbnb like eight minutes away, swimming pool, a gym in it, and it's like a nice gym. It's not like a hotel gym. It's yeah. nice and $60 a night. That we're, I mean, we're used to paying six hundred dollars a night. Like, yeah. like, you can't beat it. Yeah. yeah, and like I said, other than shows, you, you guys are doing a great job on social media and the platform. I mean, that's where our, you're going to see more people like drive their business, not even like, their exposure to their business, but if you're just putting a, a good message out to the market, right? And you guys have been pushing out a good message. So what actually attracted to for us to reach out to you guys and talk about ways that we can work together, and we're actually pretty excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how would I, would I ever know to reach out to Malachi if it wasn't for your podcast, yeah. right? So, or, or your presence on, on LinkedIn, yeah. right? So uh, I think there's many people out there that are pushing a really good message and it's, yeah. it's a matter of how do, you, how do you kind of share that experience? You're building a community too, right? Mm -hmm. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, like how many times have you run into like people like, oh my God, you're like, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I love that aspect of shows now. Like, you know, it doesn't even make shows. Like I run into people at the airport, so I'm like. Yeah, I mean? so, yeah, so cool. Yeah, definitely one of the things I love about it. I mean, events are huge for people to like yeah. network. If you're looking for a job or just looking to decide what you want to do as a career, man, if you just, if you were able just to spend one year hitting up every single show that you can hit up, yeah. like you'll just learn so much and have such a good understanding of like what direction you want yeah. to take in life. Like, yeah. And then, like I said, you and I talked about this before, but like the education portion of it's. it's for people to come to a show like this on from a school, yeah. huge benefit. Like we're trying, we're trying to do the same thing now, and we, we have a big project that comes into a certain city, a certain town, a certain state. How do we work with local schools just to, so cool, yeah. just like you're almost help, not only helping your customer to build up a workforce, especially when it's a new facility, new plant, new manufacturing. You have to understand that you have to build up people's competency with your product or your company, right? Yeah. So. That give back of looking out and like you and I talked about even Ivy Tech in, in Indiana when we were looking at projects, it's huge. Yeah. And I mean, you have to you have to go out there, and it's it's not you're not going to make a ton of money selling the education, yeah. but the purpose is much bigger than selling products, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that thing. I think a lot of those things 
or even better being a loss to the company, right? And, and like consider it marketing or like, that's the funny thing, like big companies, I think they would do a lot, like even like let's say for instance like Fanic and the money like, or, or, or even you know you guys here, like the amount of money you spend on a booth that if you took a portion of that money and put it towards like just giving robots to, to schools, yeah, that like, it may have an even longer term impact than... It's, it's, it's building up the new breed of people that know robots yeah. in general, right? And nothing would make me more happier to see more people that I can go into any state in the United States and say, hey, do you know who? Yeah, I learned it in school. Yeah. And when I do yeah. hear that now, because we're trying to build up that education yeah. aspect, it makes me like, oh, that's awesome. I'm lovely that you have you had a KUKA. Yeah. That, and that's where you learn how to, and I, you know, I, I'll, I'll buy a KUKA, that's what I know. I mean, yeah. the more we can do that, you know, in our, it doesn't matter what company you work for, it just makes, it makes you feel good, yeah. right? So, yeah. You have any uh, last valuable tips for, for the audience? Last valuable tips is that um, if you're a kid coming out of high school and you're trying to figure out a career, doesn't mean if you're boy or girl, like I said, my daughters, I would love my daughters to go into engineering. Um, this field is amazing. And, and like I said, just robotics and automation in general, right? There's so many different, you can go into controls, you can go into robotics, you can go into programming, you can be a welder. There's so many aspects that touch this industry. Um, a lot of people don't consider it still. You can even go on the trade side of the business and still, you can come to a couple of classes and still learn this industry and be successful, right? Yeah. You don't need to go get a college, a full on college education. Yeah. So my message out there is this industry has been amazing to me over the last two decades and I'm really looking forward to more people that are coming up out of school that consider automation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's an unknown industry still. It is, it's still, I still feel like people are, and, and it's the younger generation. There's gonna be so many people that retire that make decisions from plants, or make decisions from companies, and then it's gonna be, it's gonna be Gen Xers, Millennials, Gen Zers, Gen Zers that are gonna make decisions yeah. in this industry. And the more people that we can bring into it, it's gonna change the dynamics. And I think it's gonna bring in a lot more new things too, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And we're gonna be like, oh, remember when we did robotics 10 years ago? Yeah. Awesome, and thank you. I appreciate, appreciate it, Malachi. I really appreciate the interview and look forward to seeing you around. Yeah. All right, take care.